Hey everyone, you're listening to It's Not Just a Habit, where we talk about the small things that make room for big changes. I'm your host, Zoe Bjornsson, and I'm glad you're here. Hello everyone, and welcome to It's Not Just a Habit, where we talk about small things that make room for big changes. Today, I'm grateful to share a conversation with Allison Madolo, a health and wellness coach, and we talk a little bit about how Allison shifted from a high-stress role in fashion to be a founder in this you know, beautiful health and wellness space and really helping others and how this was born out of her own journey of you know anxiety and, and introducing yoga and movement into her life in order to sort of cure those, those pieces of her. She really does help others build a happier and healthier life. And I think her story is really inspiring of how she, you know, faced her fear, quit her job and is now building a successful business and a healthier life for herself. We dive deeper into how we're just not taught to deal with our own anxiety and we don't understand what that means for us personally. We really only understand the stereotypes of anxiety and depression and how it's super important for young people to invest in their mental health and start building these habits, these practices of of understanding and and helping themselves and true self-care. And uh, there's really no poster child of depression. It comes in many, many shapes and forms. And just like habits, it looks different for everyone and the solution looks different for everyone. Allison also reminded me that your anxiety, your thoughts, your emotions, these are all an experience and it's temporary. And that's something that I think we really need to remind ourselves of on a regular basis. Of course, we go into the one habit that changed Allison's life. And Allison also shares some of her favorite habit nuggets and tips and tricks and why you need more lemon water into your life. All right, give it a listen. I hope you enjoy and see you on the other side. Allison, thank you so much for being here. I'm so glad that we we're able to to reconnect via the interwebs. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I love it. Um, so for all our listeners out there, uh, Allison and I actually went to college together and she was my successor. I don't know if that's the right word for vice president of communications for our sorority, which you know feels kind of fitting now that we're both communicating I guess you could say but we're coming full circle here (laughs) I know that's what I was thinking and I I feel like um I when I I saw your Instagram page recently and you're kind of doing all this amazing work in health and wellness and especially with habits which obviously piqued my interest I was like "Ooh, look at this lady doing her thing it's so cool yes Love it. I know. I love it. So before we get started, um, I'd love for you to share a little bit more about this business that you're building and this amazing brand and, you know, kind of how it came to you and what you were doing before and that sort of shift that came to your life. Yeah, this is a recent journey. So I'm so excited to share. I feel like I've I've also mastered this story. Um, (laughs) But thank you for introducing me, Zoe. Um, Like Zoe said, my name is Allison Madolo. Um, I'm the founder of AM Health and the creator of the AM Yoga Method. So the AM Yoga Method combines movement, affirmations, and breath work to restore the mind, body, and heart. It was born out of my own personal yoga practice and journey um, that has been with me since college. And AM Health is my 
private health coaching practice that I just launched actually at the beginning of this year um, mm-hmm. that focuses on self-care routines and stress relief. So as a health coach, I inspire, I guide women to overcome that I have no time for me mentality and prioritize themselves by building sustainable healthy habits and nourishing self-care routines. Yeah. And that program is basically founded upon two core programs that I have to, um, I do both group coaching and private coaching. Um, the two core group programs I have are the, the self-care squeeze and squeeze stress away. Um, so you'll hear a lot of my, my lingo and my talk is about, um, squeezing in, squeezing away. My brand is all lemons and yellow, um, to inspire happiness that I'm, I've infused a lot of yoga into it too. So if you're familiar with, um, the chakra system, that solar mm. chakra is at the core of my brand. Um, and yeah, just at the heart of everything that I do, it kind of is, I feel like, a piece of me serving everyone else. It's it's very true to who I am um, and how I can use my journey, my health experience, mm. my habits, um, and help others kind of build a happier and healthier life along the way. I love that. And I love the squeeze of the day and kind of like the lemon theme, I think is yeah. such a fun, um, like branding initiative. And my marketing mm-hmm. brain is like, Oh, yeah, she's she's crushing it there. But also lemons are just good for you. I, I have my warm lemon water with me today. I was like, I got to do it. I'm talking to Allison. Um, yes, lemons are like the most one of the most healing, powerful um, foods very underrated so mm-hmm. I, I i call myself a lemon water advocate I, I feel like i love sharing fun facts about um lemon water and how good it is for your body for your yes for your health yeah i love that what's like one of your favorite benefits of lemons like why are you like you gotta do this for someone who's maybe weary i like digestion mm-hmm. uh, first thing in the morning warm glass of lemon water I feel so much better through the rest of my day. I feel like it wakes my stomach up mm. um, in a really like slow and relaxed and e- ease way. Um, so I encourage everyone to try out a glass in the morning and see yeah. how you feel. Uh, yeah, digestion, I think, is the biggest one for me. All but right. benefits, I think, is really close. Mm. Um, Love it. And yeah. what kind of has inspired you to take this leap into running your own business? I mean, I know yoga has been part of your life for so long, but what was what was the kicker? Um, my own health journey, for mm. sure, was the kicker. Um, so I didn't always work in health and wellness. I graduated Tulane um, from the business school. Marketing and management was a lover of fashion, so mm. came back to New York City and went to the fashion industry. Um, and I worked in the fashion, corporate fashion, um, wholesale sales for about three years. Mm. And very quickly, the burnout and the stress took over my body, took over my mind. Um, so I became in love with yoga because yoga was like that outlet for me mm-hmm. that help me feel a lot better. Um, But to a point that I was going to yoga every single morning at 6am to center myself before a really stressful work day. And it just over time, um, especially within the last two years, built and built and built, I was experiencing a lot of anxiety, a lot of panic attacks. a lot of really scary things that I had never gone through before in my own health journey. 
Um, at the time, I was very, very into health and wellness. I would say the biggest inspiration is my mom. Mm. She's always been passionate for health and wellness and healing. Um, and she's always, you know, helped us along the way. And it was just something that I always carried, you know, as I grew into myself as an adult, moved out. Mm -hmm. That was just, I was always cooking. I was always trying to learn more about health. So while I was in this period of increased burnout, I started actually, because I was taking yoga more, took a teacher training. Mm. And it was kind of like one of those things where your spirit just leads you there and you yeah. have no idea why you're doing it, but you're <laughs> doing it. And I feel like so many people have that have that story about their yoga teacher training journey. Yeah. Um, I went into it not even thinking that I wanted to be a teacher. I just wanted to learn more about yeah. the mind and body. Um, I was a psych minor, so this comes very full circle to me now. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, after that training, I actually started teaching. So it, it switched my mindset and I was teaching for fun, like once or twice a month. I was teaching at work mm -hmm. and I fell more and more in love with teaching and I wanted it to become more of a part-time job. And then while my symptoms were getting increasingly worse mm -hmm. uh, from stress, I started, I forget how I came across the term health coach for the first time, but I think it was just on the internet or on Instagram and social media. And I was like, what's this? And mm -hmm. I started Googling it, and then the word just was everywhere. And mm. everyone I would talk to was talking about a health coach. And I was like starting to get all of these signs. Mm -hmm. So I looked into IIN, um, the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, and it's an online health coach training program. And I remember getting on the phone very open minded, and I was like sold by the end mm. of the call. I was signed up, and my intention was to stay at work while I was in the health coach training program build something out of it. And mm -hmm. hopefully when I was ready to launch my business, quit my job. Mm -hmm. But then I started IIN and I kid you not, maybe two weeks into the program, I was like at a peak turning point with work. And mm -hmm. I was, I just was like, I can't You're do it anymore. I was having panic attacks every day and my body was mm. physically telling me, yeah, you can't, you gotta you can't. get out. So Totally faced my fear, like biggest fear, um, yeah. and quit my job. Um, I was working more, teaching more yoga for the past. This was last June at this point, mm. so over a year ago. Um, I started teaching more. I continued my health coaching program, but it really put a fire under me to like yeah. start a business and start coaching and no and doubt. Program. So. I was in love with it by the end of last year. I had done a couple of group programs just with friends and family. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is it. This is it. So this is what I want to do. Starting I, this year, this is this has been me. <laughs> I love it. That's such a beautiful journey. And I think one part that really stuck out to me, even though you had such a great role model role model of your mother and being interested in health and wellness, like we're not taught how to deal with our stress and our anxiety and our panic attacks because for a lot of us myself like I I had anxiety in high school but it wasn't I didn't know what it was and I right. just because you know, it, we don't really understand what it is exactly and you're not taught how to deal with that and pick yourself back up again like when I went through this big theft last fall I was totally paranoid around safety like when you have stuff mm -hmm. stolen from you and like 
definitely some sort of post-traumatic traumatic stress, you know, anxiety. And I was like, I was good. Like I'd done all this work on myself. And then like in a minute, something sort of rocks you or it's a slow build of work and you get up to this point and you're having panic attacks every day. And you're like, I'm doing all the things I have. Like I talk to my friends or I go to a therapist or I'm doing yoga, but it's like, you don't know how to dissect that. And I think it's just an interesting concept to think about, like, how do we teach that to young people so that they don't get that far and have to go through what we went through. Absolutely. And you hit the nail on the head. I am so um, interested in working with teens Mm. and in high school, going into college, even while they're in college. I just think that these tools that we have available and access to and the awareness that we have now is something so beneficial to that that age group mm-hmm. um, and you know we can kind of just you know hop into a yoga class whenever we want and I just feel like they don't have the same access to what we have but it's so important and it's it's very present in that in that age as well and if you had the habits when you were younger how much better off could you could you be when you're when you are in your mid-20s and you move out and you start a career exactly Exactly. And you also, I think just like the concept of naming, like when I first started seeing a therapist a little over a year ago, and she was like, I think you have situational depression. And I was like, no, I'm like, I didn't, I didn't necessarily deny it outright. But I was just like, this is not what depression looks like. Like, I still wake up and go to my job and I have a smile on my face. But like, that can be what depression and anxiety looks like. And you, it's not like, sad all the time, always in bed, like the goth vibe that I think was perpetrated. And like that stereotype when we were younger, it it comes in like so many shapes and forms and colors and, you know, whatever. And I think when you learn that as a younger adult or just like a young person and you're able to kind of like name that and find solutions for yourself, whether that's journaling, meditation, yoga habits, like pick your poison, so to speak, it's, it's just, it's better in the long run. Absolutely. I think it's the self is so important to be aware of at that age. And that was something Mm. I didn't even discover until very, very recently. And it opens this huge world of awareness. And you're just like, wow, so many things make sense. Also, from a holistic standpoint, everything connects back to pretty much one thing, Mm. right? And I am like, I coach on a very holistic level. And I coach very bio individuals. So it's, Always you the client and what's going on for them, what stress looks like um, different for everybody else. Self-care looks different for everyone else. Like you mentioned, habits have to look different for everyone. Exactly. So to label and name those things, those big ideas or those experiences. Like I like to even just say like anxiety is like an experience, like mm. fear is an experience. Like you are not your fear. You are not your anxiety. You aren't even your thoughts. Mm. It's just that experience that you're having while you're having those thoughts, while you're feeling that feeling that increased heart rate, right? Yeah, I love that. That's actually it's different for everyone. And actually, the mantra of "You are not your thoughts" is something mm-hmm. that I have held very close to my heart um, in the last year because I have what I call monkey mind, where it just like mm-hmm. goes everywhere into okay, every thought. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm not unique, but uh, that's you know, kind of like just one thing that I feel like has popped 
into my head when it's like, you need to move through this emotion and experience and anxiety and it's not going to be forever. Whereas I think, yeah, it's all temporary. So it's like, what can you, what can you move through, through, how can you move through it? And I think one of the things for me, social media has, has brought a lot of positive energy and obviously like grateful that we got connected again through social media, but at the same time, especially for young people and like TikTok is a whole other story, Mm -hmm. but like Mm -hmm. it can be so overwhelming because it again, like perpetrates these stereotypes. And I think about self-care and a year or two ago, self-care was bubble baths and, you know, reading wine, reading wine, drinking wine in the tub and like, just like all this kind of not, tangible self-care like it's not actually thinking about the self and thinking about what you need it's just doing what we've been sold as self-care and I'm finally seeing that shift especially on social which I think is beautiful and great and people are actually understanding like what does it mean to actually take care of yourself and listen to your body and listen to your mind and, and etc and that I think is a really beautiful shift Yeah, I've been seeing the same thing. So I am really grateful for social media for that education, that awareness and that inspiration like those, if I had to say like three pillars of Mm. my brand, it would be self awareness, education and inspiration. So in all of my programs and all of my sessions, I kind of go through that in my mind, like coaching someone through those things so they can grow their consciousness, become aware of some things that have always been there that they haven't been aware of, teach them something, give them give them tangible things to read and digest, mm-hmm. and then give them an example or a tool or share another story or a personal story that inspires them to go out and make some form of small change for their own for their mm-hmm. own benefit. I love that. And you just led led us in so beautifully into the next the next question. So for you personally, um, you know, what's one habit that re- has really led to a transformation in your life? I think this is such a beautiful kind of like symbol of small things make make big changes. So what has that been for you? Yeah, I would say it's my like morning ritual practice, but mm. most specifically setting a daily intention every morning when I wake up. I like keep it super simple. So I choose one word. Mm -hmm. um, And every morning, I'll open my journal, um, write, write a word that kind of just pops into my mind for the day. And then I write like a few, maybe one or a few small inspired actions that I'm going to take to really live by that intention. Mm. Close my notebook and I begin my routine, um, which usually consists of hot water with lemon. Some meditation, some breath work. I'll usually move to some form of movement, whether it's walking or a yoga practice, um, and then begin kind of my work day. But I, whether or not I even remember, normally I am living by that intention. It's kind of in the back of my mind all day long. But mm-hmm. some things obviously get really busy. And what I try my best to do at the end of the day is just to pull my journal back out and mm-hmm. do a quick reflection of how I lived by that intention. And I really try to pull at least one example out of my day to to support myself and say, you you did that. You did mm-hmm. do it. Even if you feel like you were a little bit out of alignment through the rest of the day, I feel like doing revisiting that at the end of the day comes full circle to me. Mm. It's been the biggest game changer. Um, so we were talking about this before, but I do monthly intention setting workshops yeah. at the beginning of the month. So that's like my way of sharing that little small one change in my in mm. my ritual um, with my community. So 
I love yeah. that. I think that the intention setting is is huge and something that I've definitely been trying to adopt as well. And I definitely have not succeeded in the follow up like end of the day circle. But I recently have gotten more into celebrating your wins or like celebrating just the success of a day, a month, a week, whatever you want to call it. And that totally fits into it because chances are, if you said my intention is like presence or growth or whatever it might be, you're, you're going to be able to like circle back and be like, yeah, there was that tiny moment where I was walking my dog and I was totally present and I wasn't thinking about my to-do list or my laundry that's overflowing or, you know, whatever it is. So it's there. Even like you're about to go walk your dog and you think you're going to take your phone or, you know, call someone and you're like, no, actually I'm yeah. going to just enjoy this time because I did set that intention this mm, morning. Yeah, exactly. And when you think back about uh, to the a time when you weren't doing that intention mm -hmm. setting, like how describe to me that kind of that shift and the differences between the kind of these two versions of you. The image that comes to mind is running on a hamster wheel. Mm. Like just, just so not present and so not focused. I, my mind is on a million things at once. And I think that came from working in, working in fashion, working in a very fast paced environment where I had to multitask and I was a queen at multitasking. Yeah. I loved it. But now that practice, that, that multitasking no longer serves me mentally mm. at all. Mm. Uh, and that, that is still something that I'm working on that I have to show up for daily because that workaholic in me comes out all the time. And I really had to learn a lot going into working for someone, working on a team to being an entrepreneur yeah. and what that really, what that really looks like in a workday situation or schedule. Yeah, that that's a big shift. And I'm curious to know more about how you kind of build habits into your day from a personal perspective to a business perspective. I mean, your your business is health and wellness. So I could really, you know, see how those bleed into each other. But how do you, you know, build habits as a business owner and something that's totally new to you versus like being able to take care of yourself and step back from that? Yeah. Um, it's, it's not been easy. Um, <laughs> it's been a lot of work in my journal and a lot of reflecting and recognizing what are the things that I do day to day? Do I like doing these things? Are these things serving mm. me? Um, I love like energy work. So I have really learned to honor the ebbs and flows of my energy, which is something that I've never probably ever done in my past, mm -hmm. especially working nine to five, 40 plus hours a week. Like that was, that was the, the container I am used to doing work in. So mm -hmm. I never shut off. I was always go, go, go. And coming out of that, especially being able to create my own schedule. Yeah. Initially, I'm like, well, I should work nine to five. I should work these hours. And I didn't, then I was seeing other people being so much more flexible. And I was like, well, that's a beautiful thing. How do I get that? Yeah. I honestly think what helped me first is is finding people who inspire me and mm. watching what they do and learning from them. And it's a lot of trial and error. Um, my daily schedule right now is very morning, mid-afternoon, night. So I mm -hmm. always keep myself grounded in my morning roots ritual and my nighttime ritual. Mm -hmm. And then I really try to um, 
to balance and honor my energy because it does go, it spikes up and then it drops down, especially, you know, right now in this unique time, I was like, I just felt comfortable with the new schedule and now it's, it's changed all over Mm -hmm. again. Yeah. always being open-minded and flexible, but even just like, I think the check-ins for me are really big, always checking in with myself at three different times of the day. How am I feeling Mm. physically, mentally, emotionally? What is it that I need? Can I handle another task or should I really take a little bit of a break for myself? Mm. Um, So that's what I've been doing. I I do not cram my to-do list with a million things. I really try to stick to three to five a day. And do is that I don't I try not to put too much pressure on myself if I don't get those things done they just move over to the next day so I really I think for the week I always have like a summary of things but I don't really line them out too strictly because my energy is so up and down right now Mm -hmm. I really allow myself to have that space and fluidity and so I've learned that keeping my tasks simplified keeping my habits simplified just really helps me stay grounded. In yeah, my I think that that's so true. And um, the I had a one of my former bosses and mentors had shared this with me a couple of years ago. And he's like, if you have more than three priorities, you have none. And wow. that has stuck with me so much. So if I have a to do list that has I love that. 70 things on it, it's like just highlight three. And if you get three done, it's a success. And then obviously you'll have that kind of momentum after doing three. We're most likely to even do more, but it's always stuck with me. And Antonio is probably going to be listening to this hopefully in the future. So I'm going to give him a little shout out, but I think that, yeah, the three to five things you can't overwhelm yourself or else you're just going to be overwhelmed. Right. And that to me just leads me back to burning out, which is where I always, I feel like that I can recognize very easily now when I, I experienced that, that onset or oncoming of burnout. Mm. Um, and it's like, for me, it's like, I prioritize self care, I've really learned over over this time to, to show up for myself and always put myself first. And that was something that was really hard for me um, to do in the beginning. And it's why I created the two group programs that I did one focused mm. on one focused on stress because it does look really different for everybody so I want you to understand self-care is more than than the face masks and the expensive you know pampering Mm -hmm. like it's like very deep nourishment to to your heart and soul and your mind and your body Mm -hmm. and stress is the same way like I want to teach people how to recognize when they're too stressed before you even feel the anxiety in your chest there are signs or for some people it manifests really different it can manifest into a chronic illness if it gets that bad right Mm -hmm. and I think we're waking up to that too which is really awesome and I see a lot of um in the health and wellness world that it is it is all connected Mm, yeah I think that's that's so true and um what I have learned recently, and I'm curious your thoughts about this, it's kind of like when I get to that point of anxiety where I feel it in my chest, it's like, it's too late. You can't, you can't take a bubble bath and it will be fine then. Like then it's a deeper rooted thing and you've got to do the journaling and you've got to like dig a little deeper to uncover like where that stressor is coming from because it's, it's a build up. That's where the real work lies, right? Oh yeah. And it's funny. It's like, from an ego standpoint, the ego doesn't want to do that at mm. all. So the ego just wants to be like, nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna just stay anxious and go on, go, you know, go off. But mm-hmm. 
it really takes it takes a lot to show up and and do that and do that practice and do the digging and it's not always pretty right a lot of a lot of things come up so mm-hmm. um that's what I love working with people on too. It's it's more than just the diet. I think a lot of people always come to me and they're like, I want to be healthy. I want to lose weight. And I am all for that. But there's a lot of other things behind the scenes of even like the intention, like, well, why do you really truly want to mm-hmm. lose weight? What, what is underlying there? And in the past, are you a yo-yo dieter? Like what has been your Mm. and why have they not been successful it's really looking at their habits right yeah when it comes down to it like what have you instilled in yourself that is creating the story that you're that you're now living and I think that that's a really interesting part of health and wellness coaching and coaching in general because I I believe that any good coach is is a holistic coach and they're going to address all these pieces inside of you and um I'm learning more about um health and wellness coaching, like from you and then from other people I know in the space. And it's, it's a little bit new, but from the the first, like when you just see that title, you do think diet and you do think, okay, what am I eating? Am I exercising? Da, 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 da. But it's yeah. so much more than that. And like you said earlier, it's so intertwined. Like for example, the other week I was feeling super scattered and um, just like, uh, I don't like, I don't, I can't figure anything out. Like I was just overwhelmed. And I was talking to my coach who was actually a health and wellness coach kind of like as her other business. And mm-hmm. we got down to the root of it. And it was because I just like didn't have any structure around my food and living with my family. Uh-huh. And, you know, we have, we're very, very privileged to have a full fridge, full pantry, like we've got food for days, but I was still like overwhelmed by what was in the fridge. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to have an RX bar rather than like make myself a salad or make myself a grain bowl or whatever, because it's all there, but I just didn't do it. And it was like, okay, you're not like, you're, you're thinking that your, your food is unavailable or what you want to eat is unavailable. So you're eating these weird things, you're eating at weird times. And that's causing you to be scattered. And I was like, holy moly, I've never been one to like diet or be super in. I love food. I love cheese, as everyone probably knows. And I just like, I love the culinary world. I think it's a beautiful space to connect and learn. And I just love food. And a lot of people do. But I had never thought about it in the way that it was like, you need to be excited about it in order to like be excited about your to-do list. Like it just, for me, it clicked the other week. I was like, oh, it's all connected. Yep. I feel like the number one thing, another mantra that I live by is like, food is your fuel. Mm. So like, if you're feeling some type of way, like first thing to look at is what you put into your body. Mm. Um, and what I love about health coaching, and I see most health, health coaches um, have in their practice is that they coach from a perspective of, I like to, I, I, IIN teaches primary food versus secondary food. Mm. And primary food is everything that's actually not on your plate that you're mm. putting in your body, your relationships, your career, your physical activity, your creativity, your finances, your home environment. Um, there's like a list of 12 areas that I really full circle holistically coach people on. Mm-hmm. And second to that is the food that you put on your plate that you actually eat. Mm, interesting. I love that. So it's a very good image. Come, yeah. So most people come and they're focused on the secondary food. And we can work hand in hand with the secondary food by digging deep and uncovering what's going on in the primary food. So is there a relationship in your life that's, Mm. 
you have a lack of attention or love for, and that, that kind of spills over onto your plate Mm -hmm. or finances and money and lack of abundance and that scarcity mindset that can resonate into your food. Um, Yeah. So it's really, it's really cool. Mm, Yeah. That scarcity mindset one definitely triggers some, some thoughts and I could, um, I feel like if, yeah, if you have that in one part of your life, it's gonna find its way into, onto your plate. (laughs) Yeah. It's like those limiting beliefs, right? Like I'm sure you are familiar with that work, work, working with a health coach um, diving deeper to what, what is it that's playing in your mind and that you're saying that at the core is not true, but it's, it's dry. It's the driving force of, of your actions and your thoughts. Mm, yeah. I, I think it's so true. And actually that brings to mind, I've been doing breath work, not in terms of like, um, yogic breathing techniques, but breath work mm-hmm. more for transformation. And my breath mm. work coach, she, talks a lot about those limiting beliefs and how you have to kind of like dive deep into your self-conscious in order to change them because we were born and raised in a certain realm that creates these negative and positive beliefs and you get older and older and older and at that point I don't know what exactly what the number is but like we're living in you know 90% or 95% of our subconscious mind which are these limiting beliefs and so if you don't do the deeper work to uncover what those are if you want to change them and actually change them you're going to be stuck in that mindset and one of the like examples i think she uses and i'm actually speaking to her for the podcast as well but she was like if your parents are always told you to eat everything on your plate like that's just going to be what is in your mind. And so you're going to do that. And then maybe you're going to be overweight or you're going to be unhealthy, unhappy, like whatever it is. But yeah, there's just this pool that you kind of need to do the work to change if you want to change those limiting beliefs. Absolutely. And I love that you brought up childhood because that is 1000% where it starts. Yeah. And we're not, we're, we're not, not a normal conversation is, is, you know, Oh, asking about your childhood and, and the things that you did, or even the eating habits that you started at a young age, and how that translates to the eating habits that you had now. But I remember working with a client at the beginning of the year, and I asked all my clients at the end of their program, like, what was your biggest takeaway? And she was like, bringing up childhood and really reflecting on a lot of the habits I had from my childhood, from my parents. She was like, I just never put two and two together how that is the way I've grown up. And it's like it manifests. It's what you're thinking and what you believe is how your world is manifested. So with that lack and scarcity, if that's what's running and replaying in your mind, it's also how you're how you're viewing everything and why you're so oh my god there's not enough to go around mm, yeah yeah the 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 childhood stories and yeah. even like inner child work and like yeah. all that stuff um I think is so important to do but it's also scary to do and it's also big it's like it's I'm still wrapping my head around it and like people it, you see all this information online about like inner child and like this and that and you're just like what does it even mean and like it's it's break it down for me yeah exactly it's big to do and I mean I think it it takes a little bit of like sitting with yourself and be like okay I'm ready to do this or like mm-hmm. having someone guide you whether it's a coach or a friend yeah. or a yoga teacher or a meditation teacher like you kind of need that it's like doing ayahuasca you need someone to guide yeah, you need, need someone there and and there's a lot of what I think is beautiful too right now I actually am very new to inner child work too. too. Um, 
I don't know, or I haven't done too much um, work with a coach with it. I've, it's a lot of it that I've done is self-help, like through my own just reading and listening. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I'm really, it sparks my interest, obviously. Um, so I actually signed up for a program um, in August. It's like a pathway to inner peace and it's all mm. work with um, Alexandra L, who's one of my favorite self-care oh, yeah. yeah. I think I've seen her name pop up on your Instagram story. So yeah, I, think I, I love her. her journals and everything. She's wonderful. So amazing. Um, but yeah, even I try to bring, that's what with my whole, with a, the AM yoga method, I really try to bring the breath work, the affirmations and the movement all into one space because mm-hmm. I think our society you know, we've got, we've nailed the physical activity is really good for our bodies. We all know that. Yeah. And we, know that we need to do that to feel better and to lose weight. Um, but it's so much more beyond the physical. It's the mental and emotional. And I feel like that's why a lot of people gravitate towards yoga practices or meditation because they're getting that benefit too. Um, but we're already kind of so crunched for time these days that in my mind, I, on my mat, try to do it all in one sitting in like 30 minutes. So mm. I think that's kind of how my method was born out of my personal practice and what really served me on a day-to-day basis. Um, I love that. I think that the 30-minute the approach <laughs> to like working out, it's especially, yeah, we're busy. Like we have to face that fact and how can you kind of package it up? And it even makes me think about um, – habit anchoring or habit pairing there's a lot of different ways to talk about it but when you say okay I want to introduce this new habit and it's going to be your affirmations and you can't just be like I'm going to do my affirmations every day because your brain is going to be like okay when like when are you going to fit that in like what when do you have time for that so you have to take an existing habit or behavior that you're already used to doing and anchor or pair it to that habit so it's like okay, when I'm brushing my teeth afterwards, I say my affirmations or when I'm on my mat at the end, I say my affirmations. So you've got to like package them together to get yourself to actually do them. And I think that's what a a lot of people kind of forget about new habits and behaviors. Like they actually need to be, you need to like trick your brain into doing them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, That was one of my favorite things that came out of Atomic Habits. Um, I like to call it self-care stacking. Yes, I love that. Exactly. Coupling and marrying an old habit and a new habit and doing it together. So like, I'm sure you've seen, I'm like, love my mom, my my matchas in the morning. And I pair that with a mantra. So every time I'm drinking, my matcha it's not to rush to start my day it's to sit be present Mm. you know have a mental check-in and create my create a mantra for the day that just is going to ring true in the back of my mind I love that and it just sounds nice yeah matcha mantras or (laughs) whatever it might be if I like my biggest thing now is right now I'm really into um just like being outside and walking So pairing that with like a meditation or a podcast. So I just, I feel like I'm, I'm still present while I'm doing all of those things. Yeah. And even, even nighttime, it's like tea and journaling and a candle and music or like something. So it's just, you know, yeah. so it saves you time really. Exactly. You're packaging up and I, I think it could be, you know, people are like, oh, you're, um, you're multitasking, but it's like, you're not, you don't. It's just setting yourself up and like creating a formula for for that space, for environment and mental. 
ultimately it's just that your ritual. That's how I see the ritual. Like that's just your little ritual. And like you squeeze all of that in and like how much, like you can check aside from all of your work tasks, you can check off all of those personal self tasks as well. Yeah, exactly. I think we don't, we don't do enough personal, personal self tasks. We do like, I got to pick up dry cleaning or got to do this or got to do that, but not got to have my mantras or drink my water or drink. I don't know, make, make your good food or whatever it might be. Food is another one too. I think I've been trying to be way more present while cooking Mm. and I've noticed how much joy I find in cooking myself. Quarantine I've experimented with like food services and delivery services. And every time I try something new, I like it, but I'm like, I, at the end of the day, love cooking my food so much. And it really did help me realize how, much value and how much self-care cooking was for me. Mm, Yeah, I'm totally the same way. And actually in a quarantine, I've gone from being like, oh, what's a recipe I want to make? Like, oh, I saw this on someone's Instagram or like this was on the kitchen or whatever it was to just being like, what's in the fridge? What's in the pantry? What can I put together? And it brings me so much more joy because it's like an act of creation. And if it turns out well, you're like, yeah, I killed it. And if it turns out bad, you're like, all right, like we'll, it will be fine. Nothing went to waste. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We still ate it. I love that. Uh, It's like being intuitive with your food as well and not, you know, thinking just because someone else always eats that, that's what I should be on repeat Mm. for myself. Like that's a whole nother thing I like to talk about with clients, how to really be intuitive and understand what food is good for your body, what food isn't. Because Mm. that's another unique bio-individual conversation that one person's food is another person's poison. And, you know, there's a lot of misinformation about gluten and dairy and all of these allergens out there. And it's, it's hard to navigate when you're not really working with someone or yeah. you're not intuitive and like really checking in with yourself with how food is making you feel. Yeah, you kind of need someone to, to mirror that back to you right. and, and help you move through yeah. that. So I, I, I totally see that value. Um, well, I'd love to, to end with a little habit nugget that you'd like to share. What's like a resource or a tool or a quote, um, something that you'd like to leave us with that has really kind of like helped shape your view of habits and routines and rituals? Um, I would say this goes back to I took a um, a quiz about you know, like my values and understanding Mm. for me personally, where do my values stand? And my number one thing is like lifelong learning. Mm. So I personally always advocate to become the expert on you and just be so open minded, have so much fun with just experimenting on learning more about what makes you you. Mm. And I think the more you become the expert on yourself, the more your habits become super personal, become things that you want to show up for and do and just really feel authentic to you. I think at the end of the day, your habits should really be, you know, that personal self-care, authentic piece to the puzzle. And for me, that's just commitment to lifelong learning. So Mm -hmm. I always I always share that with everybody. I can help you become the expert on yourself, but I'll never know what you know about yourself, but I can help you dig deeper and uncover that. But yeah, be the expert on yourself and have, have so much fun experimenting. It's 
we don't life is too short to be restrictive to be resistant to things just because mm. of hurt in the past um so yeah I love learning that. and unlearning I guess in that in that sense learning and unlearning I think that that is is so true and I think that having fun with habits, some people, I did an Instagram poll or something uh, a couple months ago, and a lot of people responded that like habits weren't fun or like something like that. And I was like, well, that's, that's your, the story that you're telling yourself, but you can make them fun and you can make them something that you do exactly what you said that you want to show up for and that you're excited to, to be doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think like I make intentions setting fun. Like I, I have so yeah. much it that it needs to it needs to be fun I read this quote I'm a Gabby Bernstein spirit junkie (laughs) and um she said recently or I was listening to a podcast recently and she said that you can measure the success your success by how much fun you're having Mm, resonated with me and last month I think I got a little too serious (laughs) with work and and trying to start new things and This month, my intention is to have to have fun, to have more fun. Mm. Yeah, I love that. That's amazing. Well, I would love for you to share where everyone can follow you or find you or learn more about your offerings. Yes. So you can follow me on Instagram at Allison Medolo Yoga. And my website is AllisonMedoloYoga.com. I post mainly on Instagram with all of my data. I share a lot about my rituals, my self-care stacking habits and everything. Um, I do live meditations and you'll find all my workshops and my upcoming group programs and classes on my website. But yeah, those two places are the places to find me. Amazing. And Allison also just released the cutest totes and face masks and t-shirts and gorgeous line of Squeeze Today merch. So you can also check that out on her website. My mantra is now is now shoppable. You <laughs> <laughs> to live a happy, healthier, zest life. <laughs> I love it. All right. Thank you so much, Allison. Thank you, Zoe. So there you have it. I hope you all have a little more fun with your habits this week. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this podcast or any of the ones you've listened to, feel free to go to ratethispodcast.com slash habit and do a little rating on the Apple podcast app or iTunes. All right, everyone. Thanks again for listening. I'm Zoe. This is It's Not Just a Habit. And I hope you have a beautiful day.